Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. We're determined to get our Old Norwich back. Coming up, it's that time again. Yes, the championship season kicks off. Are we ready? The fans are. I'm not sure about the team. Uh, the American investors, well, they're still hanging around. And it's episode 23. Our greatest ever team is coming together. Gunn, Culverhouse, Bowen, Bruce, Butterworth. We start the discussion on Norwich's greatest ever midfielders. Now, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to, but I'd rather have three points on Saturday against Cardiff. It is my birthday. What a present it'll be for a famous victory for Dean Smith and the opening day of the championship, Dad. I wouldn't get too excited, John. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to what I've said, we're ready for the new season. I think... It's been all you know, there's still women's football going on and, and the Euros, which has been great to watch. But yeah. it'll be nice to have the consistent Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday back. But are the team ready? I would say no, but I, I mean, I'll go into a bit more in, in, in depth about that. But, um, the um, I mean, there's a couple of things worth mentioning about over the pre season. Cantwell's back in the fold, um, he seems to have had some nice touches in in the uh, pre-season games. I suppose the big issue is, can he sustain it um, Mm -hmm. with assists and goals, really? If he can, it will be great. And it'll be like an additional uh, midfielder. But the possible possible downside there is that um, if we don't start off very well and the team struggles, will he be able to um, maintain the standard of the championship, if you like? Yeah. And the other one was Hugel. Yeah, I'd written written him down. Yeah, goals, goals at Cambridge and Marseille. I think it shows that uh, if he's given the right chances and the opportunities, he can um, he, he can at least score. Um, and he, he must be a, a valuable member of the squad, I feel. How frustrating is it that we seem a little undercooked in terms of we're going into another season with no central defence backup? 
Grant, yeah. Grant Handley potentially injured against Celtic. Zimmerman's gone. Yeah, I know. Let's let's look at the state of the squad. There, on, John. Yeah. I mean, with the loss of the lone players and Zolas and uh, Lise Malou gone, yeah. Um, most of last year's disastrous additions uh, are on the, uh, have, um, have disappeared. Um, two additions: Isaac Holden hasn't played this year, no pre-season, and he's injured. And he's injured. Gabriel Sarrar, not played since April, no pre-season, new country, new language. Right. Uh, you know, going back to what we're saying, are they uh, are they ready? I mean, at the moment, those two are obviously not going to walk walk into the team. No. So, start of the season on Saturday. I understand Smith is insisting that he prefers a 4-3-3. Right. So, front three, um, similar to what we played on um, on on Saturday. Pukki, Rashika and Sargent. Yeah. Now, there's been r- rumours over the summer from Finland that Pukki's not too happy about not being allowed to go, but even leaving him aside and hopefully, um, you know, he can continue the form of recent years. But Rashika and Sargent, two relegations on the trot. Yeah. Lack of confidence. Can you see them hitting the ground running with assists and goals? Uh, I'm not convinced. I mean, uh, and I the can't only, see her. The only thing Sorry. I would, the only thing I would say is. Rashika, I mean, you, you described Campwell, you did the classic uh, Norwich uh, fan saying, well, he had no, a few nice touches. Yes, uh, quite. And, that is, and that's Rashika as well. Absolutely. In the Premier League, he had a few nice touches. And you, 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 you can see there's something there, but can you do it week in, week out? Can you do it Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday? And, and, and as, a, as a football club and as a, as a fan and in the championship, that's what you need. Now, the yeah. backups to those, I'm assuming, are Campwell and Hernandez. There's well, there's certainly an Anders, there's there's um, an, an up front. There's Ida, but I mean Ida scored what four league goals in two seasons and has been injured and has been injured. You know, I mean th- that, that these are not players you can rely on. And I, I take your point about Rashika, and I think you're right. And possibly in a team that if something can spark something off and is successful, he may well come on song. Yeah. But the other side of it, if we don't. If it's a slow start, so let's look then to the rest. Of well, the, who's in the midfield? If we the haven't midfield, got uh, well, at Celtic, it was McLean, Sonani, and Cantwell. Um, you've got Dowell, who's had a hernia operation, so he's had no preseason. <laughs> Sorensen doesn't really appear to be in favour. So I said, until these two new lads come in, that midfield looks lightweight to me. I think champions. Are- Champions sides will be able to walk straight through that. I think that I mean that's always been the issue with Norwich for the last few seasons, midfield-wise, is that it felt like there wasn't an enforcer, and we talked about Isaac Hayden coming in to and, do that, uh, yeah. to, to do that. But what's the point of by? Let's hope he's not another Mar- uh, Jarvis. What was his name? Matt Jarvis. <laughs> I mean, we, we bought him. And he never played for the club. Um, no, and no. And, I, and I just wonder whether that it's early days, but you. you when I saw that he was injured, we made a whole podcast about him, for goodness sake, yeah. about him being the first signing, and then he gets injured. Um, that, that, it, it, is that the bad luck already that's going to uh, thwart us this season? We'll, As you we'll say, have to John, we do, have, we do have precedence in doing that, don't we? Yeah, and then defensively, Ben Gibson's yeah. not, not He's fit. No pre-season, still injured, Zimmerman gone, so it leaves Hanley and Omar Medelli. Yeah, As you say, Hanley got a knock on Saturday, they're playing that down, but uh, we've got no... Byram has had no pre-season whatsoever. Mm. So when you think a squad low on confidence, you know, we, we, we had defensive frailties, difficulty in creating and scoring chances, 
can you see us being up and running from Saturday and uh, make a big difference? Yeah. And the and, the, and the, with Cardiff, you you never really know what you're going to get. They were obviously struggling last season. Uh, Steve Morrison um, obviously is going to stamp his authority on the yes. squad during the summer. So you you don't know what you're going to get, but. It does feel we didn't score against Hibernian. We didn't score against Celtic. Yeah. Um, you can argue that they're more Premier League teams. Maybe Celtic is more Premier League team than than Championship team, and that pretty much shows up where we were last season. But it, it feels undercooked. Is the is the phrase I think that that's I the wrote. I think that is a good description, John. Yeah, I think I think that's right. So, do you want a prediction from me? I think you'll have got a flavour from what it's going to be. <laughs> well, so we've got Cardiff on Saturday and then yeah. we've got Wigan at home the following Saturday, the 6th of August, and then we go to Birmingham away in the League Cup, the EFL Cup, yes. effectively. We've yeah. talked about this in the last episode, about seven matches uh, in August. If Puki is still wanting to leave uh, during that period, that could happen. I know Dean Smith has said no one's come in for Max Aaron's. That may well change over that the could, next yeah. over yeah. the next month. I don't think you can say he's going to be here in a, in a month's time for definite. So, yeah, go on. What's your still a lot of uncertainties? I mean, this is my this is my pred- predictions based on what we've talked about. Really, that's the evidence that I would use for it. By the time we lose to Alex and Alec Neil Sunderland, which we will do, and that is on the so, 20, that's the sixth. That's 20, right. That'll be six games in the league gone. Twenty seventh we'll, of August. I think we'll be bottom half of the table. Now you can argue that we were like that. Yeah, with Daniel I've, Farker. I've got a note here. It will be defended early days. Farker was uh, slow started, but I'm then saying by Christmas we'll have a new manager. All right. And by the end of the season, I think we'll have wasted four transfer windows, two seasons, and all the Premier League money and a year of parachute payments and the opportunities that brought. That, that's that's the feeling I've got. And where are we with the American investment? Because it, it, as predicted by myself, I must say, in the original podcast uh, when we finished the season, that oh, how, how uh, timely it was that suddenly there was this interest for America on the final day of the season. Nothing literally has been said for two months since that point. And then I, ha- I happened to ca- catch the headlines in the EDP uh, yeah. this weekend. Oh, the Americans are still interested. H- how much do we know is it again just um well they're they're still floating around i think that comes from a i think there was a a meeting with supporters up in the uh in scotland up up north somewhere and i think it was it was the financial director who mentioned it. so it did come from the club this time and they said there was they're expecting some um, news in a matter of weeks and it looks as if it's to do with buying um Folger shares. Yeah. So, um, um, so it, yeah, it does look as good. Yeah, I, th- that seemed a bit strange to me that we lose against South Celtic on Saturday. <laughs> and then there's this announcement made when people start getting a little bit. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and we all hope that that will go ahead and there'll be a change of direction for the club. That's got to take some time to go through. As I said, I'm just looking at it from the position we're in. What, where we talked about where we were at the end of last season, mm. and as we've said, in, in terms of incoming players, it's going to be a while. It's certainly got to be these six games before these new players start coming in and make any difference. So that's why I'm not expecting a fast start. And, 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 and yeah, anything can happen after that. I think the biggest hope is obviously that um, 
Holden does get over this injury and uh, Sarah gets in the team and settles down quickly. That's the big hope. But, but as I said, a lot of things have got to go right for all that to fall in place. And I'm not sure it will. I mean, Dean Smith and Craig Shakespeare must think that they've got enough. They must be thinking, because if not, I think you'd be trying to push someone out of the club because they have to sell to bring someone in. Yeah. So if they, would, if they were desperate to, to bring other people in, I think they would be pushing people out of the club. But we go back to, we reviewed the end of last season. We still don't have a central defender. We still, yeah. don't, we still don't have a central midfielder because he's injured. Yeah. And striker-wise, we've kept we've brought back Hugo, which is what we asked for, and Eden, yeah. and Puki, assuming we keep Puki. Now right. with with the with the other players, as you mentioned, um, you know, we've still got Rashika, you've got Sargent. Um so there is some question marks around that. But, there, but those, those 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 serious question marks about the central defence and central midfield. Yeah, um, I, it was it was something I was going to ask you. Do you think that football back in the day you had to have a uh, a solid defence? And we talked about the greatest team that we're about to talk about the midfielders. So we've come up with our defence of Gunn, Culverhouse, Bowen, Bruce, and Butterworth, and Bruce and Butterworth and. Bruce and Watson and Butterworth and we talked about Linigan and we talked about the partnerships that we had, John Polston, uh, Rob Newman with Butterworth. We talked about partnerships in the centre of defence. I don't think that... Uh, is it just us as a football club that isn't doing that? Because I look at other football teams and they all seem to have partnerships at the heart of their defence. Look at Brighton. Look at Brighton at what they're achieved. That's been based on their two at the back. Right. They're two cent and a half, really, isn't it? Is it Dunk? That's right, Dunk. Yeah. You know, he's been there throughout and he's been a rock. And I just wonder whether, is it is it the new thing? Because you look at the likes of Man City and they don't have a, a, a settled centre-back partnership particularly. They do mix and match a little bit. But Liverpool have a solid centre back the whole yeah. the whole success of liverpool was buying a goalkeeper and yeah. buying uh, the central defender the dutch central defender that, yeah absolutely and uh, and that's been the foundation isn't it and and then they built around it and yeah. and having a, a a central midfielder they needed to improve on that so they brought in tiago i just for for me i don't understand it must be a weber thing because if not why are we going into another season without a central defender and and Dean Smith sort of saying, well, I'm all right with that because I don't get it. And perhaps you can you can you could you could put up an argument to say in the championship. I mean, you look at uh, um, eighteen nineteen with Zimmerman and Godfrey. Yeah, I mean, not the strongest, but no. they they came through. Um, and and perhaps you can get away, particularly as we saw last time, if you've got someone like. Oliver Skip in midfield, but not with the midfield players we got at the moment. No, because no, we haven't. We haven't. Again, we're, we're we're worse. I mean, we were worse going into the Premier League because we didn't have Skip. And yeah. Now we don't even and, have Gil. Yeah. And now we don't even have Gilmore. Or we, we we're we're even worse than we were. Yeah. At the start of the Championship season two years ago. And I, I absolutely, absolutely agree. We've got at the moment, and as I said, we'll have to see what, what happens with Holden, and obviously, but we do seem to. We have got history, as you say, for this. I mean, you mentioned Jarvis way back, but even players like Dermich and that. I mean, they they, they were sort of half fit when they came, weren't they? Yeah. You know? I mean, and they never never is, did. Is it, and is it just because we're? I, I do think we're Weber. He, he, he's a it's he's short a term. Dealer. 
he's a dealer in players. Yeah, he treats them like commodities. I mean, look at all those players that we've bought and then put out on loan, and they've never even featured. The yeah. two who ever made anything of themselves were Godfrey and Madison, and they were players we had before Weber came. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's a short-termism. I think he's looking at a season by season. Well, actually, if you had a centre-back partnership that you could build on in the Championship, because I agree with you, with Godfrey yeah. and Zimmerman, it was enough. And, yeah. and, and Hanley and Omadambelli may well be enough to get us promoted. But what's the point if you're not good enough for the Premier League? And, right. and this is this short-termism that I, I don't understand and where it's coming from in the club. And that's, that's, my, that's my really big question mark uh, over it. But look, we will only know as the games uh, continue and start. And as we said, we've got six or seven in August uh, to keep us uh, entertained and keep our uh, teeth into. But uh, I was thinking, Dad, that um, this is, by the way, the new old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush, that in my other job, I make podcasts. And my last two guests have been uh, Dame Laura Kenny and Lord Sebastian Coe. And then I was like, oh, I've got to do my dad now in the next podcast. So, look, no pressure. They were both they were both excellent. Um, you can listen to them on different podcasts. I've listened to Seb Coe. That was really, really enjoyable. Absolutely. Looking back at London 2012. But we are looking back at Norwich's greatest I ever. I think he's probably a bit more positive than I am as well, John. <laughs> Looking, uh, but he don't support Norwich. So. Well, no, no, no. He's got his own issues with Chelsea. But anyway, Norwich's <laughs> Norwich's greatest ever midfielders. Yeah, I've um, gone back now and looked at the central midfielders who've played for City since City joined the Football League over a hundred years ago. Uh, the wing halves and inside forwards from those early days who really equate to the midfielders of today. The wide players, the wingers, I've left for a separate category. So midfielders from the very early days really will not make our all-time squad because the City teams in which they played at that time didn't reach the heights of the teams in later years. Nevertheless, there were certain players there who were top performers and their contributions, I think, deserve a mention in a review of this kind. This time, this, this kind. So the first three players in this category I want to mention, I did not see, but I heard about them from my granddad and from the older guys in the office when I first went out to work in Norwich. Mm. The first one is Bernard Robinson, a wing half midfielder who carried City really through their 1930s success in the second tier of English football, the first time they'd ever reached that level. And he was considered to be one of the finest midfielders of his time. He played 380 games for City with barely an indifferent game to his name. Now, Doug Lockhead was another Canary legend, another midfielder of the same era. And he scored the first ever league goal at Carroll Road, 87 years ago this August, John. Wow. Later, he went on to manage the club. Now, I, I, I thought I'd ask you, just imagine those supporters, like your great-granddad, watching that goal nearly 90 years ago. Uh, I, In their wildest dreams, could they have imagined, imagined what would have happened in those subsequent years? All the, you know, all the issues that we discuss on these podcasts. No, no, of course, not. No, absolutely not. And in my no. wildest dreams, I'd never see a midfielder scoring for Norwich ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but what will it be like, John, in the next 90 years? Yeah, well, probably I, the sea lapping around the pitch if we carry on as we are. They'll, they'll probably be like central defenders. What are they? It's just uh, <laughs> who, need, who needs them? 
<laughs> and the third one of the players that I never saw was Noel Kinsey, a Welsh international, a forward who became a scheming craftsman, making opportunities for colleagues with def defence splitting passes. Now he moved to Birmingham City and scored an FA Cup final goal. And by the 1960s, John was working with your mum at the Norwich Union. <laughs> I bet every time he every time he was there on the Monday morning, he was like giving his his review of the uh, yeah. Weekend I scored football. that goal. Yes, yeah. I was better than that. <laughs> so now I move on to the midfielders from the first Norwich teams that I stood on the terrace and watched. And the first one was Jimmy Hill, not the one with the chin who later managed Coventry and worked <laughs> on television, but our Jimmy Hill was a Northern Ireland international and inside left in the in that first City team that I watched the team that went on to the FA Cup semi-final uh, in 59 and to the second tier in 1960. A ball-playing match winner to many of our supporters, and I love to see him on the ball. And apart from the assists, he scored 66 goals in 195 games over five seasons for City. He was transferred to Everton in, in the top flight, but his career never took off from there. And then he was replaced by Tommy Bryceland, um, he was full of guile with the deft touches and throughout the 1960s in the second tier, he scored 55 goals from 284 appearances and six and a half seasons. So those two, in those early years of me watching, Jimmy Hill and Tommy Bryceland were, uh, were the two, the two players who made the team tick. Mm. You know, yeah. and you, 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 you know, in later years, we've, we've had subsequent players who've done that. Yeah. Now, some of these outstanding, just, just to put it in a context, some of these outstanding players for City from those earlier years, like Neil Kinsey, to be fair, went, off, went on to have success for other clubs in the top flight. So demonstrated that they were capable of performing at that level and indeed picked to do so. But others stayed at the club and we'll never really know how they would have performed at a higher level. Um, but all we know is that they played an important part in the history of the club and the set and setting the seeds for what happened later. Mm. So we now really move on in this this review to the midfielders that we had when we um, built the team that reached the top flight for the first time in 1972. And as part of building that team, Ron Saunders snapped up a couple of youngsters from top flight clubs. Doug Livermore from Liverpool and Graham Padden from Coventry City. And after several years in the doldrums, I can remember the excitement and expectation that these signings created. And it was Livermore and Padden alongside Terry Anderson and Max Briggs that formed the midfield in the team that took us that very first uh, time to the top flight. Doug Livermore did not really survive after that um, first season in the top flight, but Graham Padden was a top flight star. Mm. I don't know if you ever saw pictures of him, but very much a footballer of the time with his beard and long blonde yes. hair. Yeah. yeah, Creative on the left side of midfield with surging runs and a strong left foot. He also took long throws. He scored a hat-trick in a 3-0 away win at Highbury on the way to the League Cup final in 1973. And a three, you can imagine, John, first time in the top flight a 3-0 a cup win away to Arsenal and we were in dreamland yeah I can still remember the delight at hearing that score and of the hat trick now remember this was in the days before wi-fi before local radio before radio sports stations like five live or talk sport mm. 
and before televised live matches and before TV teletext. <laughs> so unless there was a second half commentary on Radio 2 with score flashes from other games, there was no way to find out the score during the course of a match. So unless I was at a game, I just had to wait and wonder what was happening until the results were given after the game had finished. Mm. You know, it's uh, it was a completely different world. So to hear that score at the end and uh, uh, and Padden had scored a hat trick, as I said, I can still remember that. Crazy. So Graham Padden really is the first one of the first players that I think we probably need to consider. He established himself in the top flight with City and then moved on to West Ham at the end of that first season, a record signing for the Hammers at the time. And after three successful seasons in London, coming runner-up to Trevor Brooking as player of the season, he returned to City in 1976, only to break his leg after three matches. He returned to feature for another four seasons, although some fans thought he had lost some of his sparkle after his injury. But after helping City to the top flight, as we talked about for the first time, he had eight seasons in the top flight for two clubs. Mm. So... A good standard. Yeah. Now, another player from that time was Colin Suggett. Now, Colin joined City as a striker towards the end of that first season in the top flight and helped us avoid relegation. He was the first player from the North East to command a six-figure fee. And he again was a top flight performer. Part of the team relegated the following season. He was converted by John to midfield and he was player of the season in the team that was promoted back to the top flight in the League Cup finalists in 1975. I always said that when Saget played well, City played well. Mm. He was then us, with us for three more seasons in the top flight before leaving for Newcastle. So Padden and Colin Saget at that time in that period in the top flight were big uh, important players. And then the third one I'm going to mention today, Martin Peters, I think, needs no introduction. <laughs> yes, of course. But just one point, John, about that World Cup win. The final, as you know, is remembered for that controversial second Jeff Hurst goal in extra time. Mm. But there was another controversial decision just before the end of normal time when West Germany, losing 2-1, were given a free kick from which they equalised. In my eyes, it, at the time, it was never a free kick. I was somewhat biased, I suppose. <laughs> but if that first controversial decision had not been given, England would have won 2-1 in normal time. Martin Peters, our Martin Peters, or go on to be our Martin Peters, would have been remembered as the player who scored the goal that won the World Cup. Instead of the player who no one can remember who scored the other goal in addition to Hurst Hattrick. Mm. Yes. <laughs> So funny yes. how just events happen that can change. Yeah. But Peters then was 31 when he joined us for £50,000 when we were chasing promotion back to the top flight in 1975. And whilst it was big news, there was a feeling by some Canary supporters that he might be past his best. <laughs> we had 10 games to go. And from that first match, a 1-1 draw away at Manchester, Manchester United, the move was an immediate success. Mm. From there on, we won six and drew another one. It was enough to get us promoted in the third automatic spot at that time. I stood in the away end at Portsmouth on the day Martin Peters, in front of us, scored the second goal in a 3-0 win to clinch promotion. The highlights, also featuring Colin Saget, are on YouTube, and I actually watched them the other 
Um, and it's, made, it's in great pictures of the Norwich supporters behind the goal in which part Peter scored. But it's funny. I was going to say that because of the transfer windows now, yes, we don't have that. Oh, there's twelve games to go. I want to bring someone in to try and to, just push us just, over the right. push us over the line. Absolutely. Now, of course, the reason why that happened is because the clubs were getting so much money, and Manchester United, and particularly Chelsea, I remember, used to just buy the best striker. And they still did it in the transfer window. I remember when they bought Demba Bar from yeah. from wherever because he he just scored the most goals in the Premier League. So yeah, then, che- so so then Chelsea just bought him. Yeah, and that was enough to push you over and, the line. And then yeah. and you just bought him. But but yeah. that what you reminded me when you talked about Martin Peters of when you when we brought in Huckabee on a month's loan or whatever, and it and it just changed. There was still that excitement. It wasn't yeah. like oh we're stuck with these lot for the for the next yeah, absolutely the next nine months. <laughs> So, yeah, so Martin Peters went on to conduct really a five-year masterclass at Carroll Road with 232 appearances and 50 goals. That's nearly 10 top-flight goals wow. per season from midfield. Wow. With him in the team, we stayed in the top flight for five seasons. The season after he left, we were relegated, demonstrating, I feel, the extent of his contribution. He was also player of the season in 1976 and 1977. Now, according to my reckoning, John, Martin Peters is only one of nine players who have played regularly for five consecutive seasons for City in the top flight without being relegated. Wow. We've already mentioned in these podcasts, goalkeepers Keelan and Gunn, who did it? Yeah. Defenders Tony Powell, Culverhouse, Bowen and Butterworth. Yeah. And now Martin Peters. It just leaves Ian Crook and Dale Gordon, who will feature later. Robert Fleck did four and three-quarter seasons. Real Fox and Jeremy Goss were top-flight squad players for this period of time, but not regular first-team players. Wow. So it's, as I said, um, really a, a, a contribution. Joining us age 31 to think that he really then kept us in the top flight for five seasons. That's crazy. It's a remarkable performance. Yeah. Now, another midfielder at that time, Mick Maguire, joined City just before Peters did. And he also scored in that promotion winning game at Portsmouth on YouTube, presented by um, uh, Jerry Brian Moore. Oh, no, Brian Moore on ITV. Right. He made more, M- Mick Maguire made more than 100 appearances for City in the top flight despite missing a whole season due to injury. So really, John, that's the first real part of the review of the midfielders, which takes us up. um, And next episode, we'll um, continue looking at them with the players that you watched when you were growing up. But really, in that period, I think the two that probably we need to just bear in mind um, for the the future review, uh, obviously Martin Peters, I feel, and and, and Graham Padden. Um, And and as I said, uh, Colin Saga also made a a contribution but i put him in behind the other behind two. the other two well yeah. yeah well i mean you've you've mentioned half the team that we've already picked um yes. for, for staying up for more than five seasons so yes. martin peters is is in with a within a was, very yeah. good chance i mean he's, there's, there's some there's some stiff competition to come it's just but, that um it's, it was just interesting when i realized when i realized that he peters had done that for five c i thought how many players had done that now obviously no no players had done it uh, this century because we haven't stayed in the top flight for five no. 
Now, you, you did mention Dale Gordon there. We're well, not talking wingers, midfielders, are we? No, we're not. No, sorry. They, I just I just wanted to complete the... the yeah. As I'd mentioned the nine, I just wanted to complete the nine who've done it. Ian Crook and Dale Gordon. Ian Crook will cover later in the review of midfielders yeah. and Dale Gordon when we do the, the wide players. Yeah, because having listened back to our last podcast, I do like to sometimes go back and review our, our performances. And you reminded me that we needed a left-sided midfielder who could play potentially left back or right, because yeah. we've picked Russell Martin yes, as yeah. the cover for Mark Bowen and Ian Culverhouse and Dave Watson to cover Butterworth and Bruce. And we need another left footed uh, player who could potentially play in the, in the defense. So when yeah. we, when we're talking wingers stroke wide midfielders, we do need to bear that in mind. That in mind. As, yeah. And we will have to do that when we look at midfielders about that balance. Um, cool. Okay. Right. Excellent. Well, uh, Martin Peters is, uh, is 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 truly up there at the moment. So we'll. I mean, there, there were so many that I've just scribbled down that I know you'll come to. Tim Sherwood, Mike Phelan, Andy Townsend, Jeremy yeah. Goss, Ian Crook, Gary Holt, Damian Francis, yeah, Phil Mulrine, yeah, um, mainly for for a goal he scored uh, off the referee's backside in. Reading. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the one. That, that's the, that's the memory I put down, John. It's yeah. the only thing that Phil Mulrine ever did, <laughs> apart from miss a penalty. In the uh, playoff final? <laughs> yes, he did, didn't he? Um, and, and yeah, and then obviously Wes Houlihan, Emmy Brundier. Uh, exactly. See, there's just so, there's, there's so many. So um, yeah. we will look forward to those over the coming weeks. As the season uh, kicks off, we will uh, keep you up to date and give you some views on Norwich, the new old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.